0: Thank you for tuning in and now for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. You are listening to episode number 335, Ballad of a Young Turkey Hunting Book Author with Hunter Farrier. And I am your co-host and the guy who... Got to take a little test run on his new turkey hunting toy. And I'm your co-host, and the guy who's changing his tune. Which tune? Are you going from C to D, or are you going <laughs> from... What, what are you talking about here?
1: So I'm going to change my tune on a state that I've hated on for my entire life. Oh, man, come Alabama, on. Alabama, baby!
0: come on
1: it's the greatest state in the southeast boys better get down there and get you some
0: thanks for ruining alabama
1: (laughs) and and not only that but
0: thanks for lying and ruining alabama (laughs)
1: hey i'm riding alabama high right now so
0: i mean those of you that
1: follow me on social media you saw that i've gone back to Alabama, and conquered a wild turkey in Alabama, which is no small feat. So that's why I'm saying this.
0: The guy Uh. kills one tom on public ground in Alabama, and all of a sudden, it's the best state he's ever turkey hunted in.
1: Oh, oh my gosh, guys. I'm just telling you, drop your tailgate when you get there and just get ready to load it up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah.
1: No, seriously, it, it's not still, but definitely not going to be my perennial favorite place to go hunt or anything. But I did finally kill a turkey in Alabama and it felt good because I killed him fair and square and really fooled one into gun range, you know. Whereas my previous Alabama turkey that was holding over the state was, I mean, I didn't cheat or go poach him or anything but yeah. it, it wasn't exactly a, a valiant hunt if you know what i mean <laughs> it wasn't
0: the traditional hunt we dream of night before opening morning kind of hunt but this one was
1: yeah yeah it was more of a i, I basically assassinated the first one and then this one i, I really did defeat in battle mono imano. so you guys will hear that story one day and the audio which is sick and I'm not the only one that's killing turkeys in Alabama. Someone else on this show might have found a couple.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about some people posting birds on social media. <sighs>
1: no, I'm talking about a, There's another party to this conversation that has killed Alabama turkeys this
3: year.
0: Turkeys. Uh... Well, so I'm changing my approach on things now. And I am taking the approach of not kissing and telling
1: what do you mean by that
0: well meaning you know those girls in junior high school that used to kiss the boys and the boys would run around and tell all their buddies about the girls that they kissed and then all of a sudden all the girls had bad reputations
1: i only know of you hunting with one dude down there so i don't know where you're getting at here but <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not talking about kissing dudes i can tell you that you're trying to get me to spill information about wild turkeys and I will I will spill none I will tell no stories before their time
1: well you got some stories so I'm looking forward to hearing them one day and I want to hear about your new transportation device you sent me a picture of it. it Looked pretty slick
0: man yeah. So this is what I was telling you about the other day, where I said I was gonna reserve disclosing until I found out if it was a joke or if if it actually worked. And so for those of you who don't already know this or who don't personally know me, who listen to this show, and if you hadn't figured this out over seven years then we're going to have to have a talk, but I'm pretty cheap, frugal. And I have been eyeballing these e-bikes because I have a lot of ground that I can cover this year. And the roads on my hunting properties, well, quite honestly, they suck. And last year on one of the dirt roads, I actually bent the bottom of the rear quarter panel on my pickup truck Wow! driving on one of these roads. That's pretty and listen, they're so bad, you can't drive them fast. And so this is creeping along and it the truck just bottomed out so hard, it bent the rear quarter panel of my pickup truck. And so I had to find a better way of getting around on these properties that would be a little bit quicker. I'm not going to say it's more comfortable because <laughs> the shocks and struts on a brand new well not brand new anymore but new-ish pickup truck are way better than the shocks on what I got but I've been eyeballing these e-bikes wanting to get an e-bike but I just could not stomach paying two or three or four grand mm-hmm. for a bicycle yeah it just I, I just can't bring myself to do that and so I said well I'll just get a golf cart I I can I can justify paying three or four grand for a golf cart
1: yeah multiple uses for that
0: exactly even though I don't golf you know still right
1: around the neighborhood or whatever
0: yeah egg my neighbor's houses I mean it'd be (laughs) great for that but I got something even better for egging my neighbor's houses so I ended up not getting the golf cart yet I'm going to get one one day, but I have not gotten one yet because I don't want to have to fool with loading the thing onto a trailer and hauling the trailer around with me every single day that I go hunting. And I can't leave it on one piece of property because my hunting properties are spread around. They're all within a 15-20 minute drive of one another, but still, you know, I'll go hunt one and if the golf cart's not sitting there waiting on me, then, you know, here I am walking or driving and we're back to square one. So... Can't justify spending the money for an e-bike. Don't want the bulkiness and inconvenience of hauling around a golf cart. I've got a four-wheeler, but I want to get around quieter than that. So I thought, okay, I'm going to buy a mini bike, a small dirt bike. You know, they sell them at Tractor Supply and they sell them at Walmart. They basically have a lawnmower motor on them. And so I started reading up on them and everyone says they're loud. They're loud. They're loud. They're loud. They're loud. So they're you know, some people offered some ways of quieting them down, but they're still loud. So I decided not to go that route. And then I stumble across the picture of an electric pocket bike. I bought a Razor MX 650, which has a 650 watt motor on it, 36 volts for the battery, which I'm going to upgrade. It is a kid's bike. When I say kid, I'm going to say, well, the way today's kids look, a 10-year-old would look about right size-wise for this bike. And here I am, 40 plus 10, riding this bike around in the woods. But I got to tell you, this thing is the real deal. How How much weight can it hold? It can hold, I think this bike holds...
1: Please say 200 pounds.
0: 200 pounds. Yes! And... Here's the thing about, so there's now there's all kinds of these electric pocket bikes out there. Oh, and by the way, it is a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth of what an e-bike costs. Wow. Here's, here's what made me jump on it. Well, number one, if it didn't work out, I could sell it tomorrow. I mean, really, this thing's cool. This thing is just cool. Any kid would love to have this. I'm going to tell you, Any 50-year-old kid would love to have this, (laughs) so that was one reason why I was willing to take a chance on it, but the second thing about it that I really, really, really like is that there are hundreds of modifications you can make to this thing, and so you can upgrade the motor on it, you can upgrade the battery on it, and if you'll look around on YouTube, there are guys that have modded out these bikes and put, 3000 watt motors on them with 48 volts of batteries or 72 volt batteries wow and they're going 40 miles an hour on this thing
1: that would not be healthy for me
0: i'm not going 40 on mine (laughs) the reason that i'm upgrading the motor on it is the bike it's very hilly where i hunt And the bike has a difficult time getting up the hills. So I want to upgrade the motor for that reason. I'm going to upgrade the batteries for that reason and to get a little bit more ride time out of it. Yeah. But this thing is awesome. I rode up on, now listen, this is within the first 15 minutes of me being on it in the woods Saturday afternoon. And I rode up to three food plots. There was a turkey in each one and the turkeys in those food plots, kind of looked around like, "What in God's creation <laughs> is that?" And what is that fool doing on that thing? And so it's bright yellow. I'm gonna cam. I'm gonna dip this thing in camo. I'm taking the the body parts off of it. Wow. I'm gonna dip it in camo. I'm gonna mod it out, and I will let you know. So this story is to be continued. But I'm pretty pumped about it. It's cool. I'm pretty
1: excited. Um, and back to you seeing turkeys in every food plot see what i'm telling you guys alabama just go down there and load up the truck
0: i didn't say every food plot <laughs> i said three food plots that i pulled into
1: top state in the u.s right there High bag <laughs> limit go go get them
0: yeah that's for sure that is for sure well everybody's coming to alabama anyway because everybody's doing a super slam so that's true. They'll find out for themselves.
1: That's true, but seriously, I am I'm very interested in how this turns out for you because if that goes well, I might be a follower and get one too and we can conquer the world together on our mini dirt bikes.
0: I can see us going to some <laughs> events, you know, and and some races and motocross electric motocross races and doing jumps and all kind of stuff. I can see you and I doing that.
1: I just envisioning like two grown men on these little mini dirt bikes, like just riding around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as much ground as I covered on that thing Saturday, I think I went, yeah, I went four miles on it. And now it was not all just continuous riding. You know, I'd ride and stop and ride and stop. and
1: And it's just quiet as can be
0: it's it's very quiet wow. i tell you uh t- here's the loudest thing about it when you get mud in the brakes and squeals. you're going downhill and you're braking, it squeals a little bit so but it's it's pretty darn cool it is not even though it has shocks on the front and shocks on the rear it will rattle the feelings out of your teeth mm. on those rocky roads that i drive on so wow. but, but yeah that sounds cool man you need to travel down and i'll I'll let you ride it. Oh, so the other thing too, and Tammy, my wife, absolutely loves this. So the other day we're riding down the road, and I hear a you know real loud harley somewhere on the road. I don't know exactly where it is. I can just hear the muffler, you know on this thing how how loud they are. And so I looked over at her and I said, I need you to look around and find that bike for me. You know, that's one of my brothers right there on that motorcycle. And we got to look out for one another. Now that I'm a biker, I've got to, I got to take in, you know, that biker code. And she looked at me and just completely lost it.
1: <laughs> you doing the uh, the biker.
0: Doing uh, the biker wave.
1: Yeah, yeah, down out the window.
0: I'm you, all in, man.
1: Heck yeah, man. You, you'd be wearing like all leather bottomland from now on. <laughs> <laughs> bottomland skull cap. Going around on the mini dirt bite.
0: That would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> I started growing, you know, so my beard's growing out for turkey season, so I'm just going to let it grow on and get long and, yeah.
1: yeah. Cut it down to like a Fu Manchu. I mean, I think you could really, really dress this up a little bit. I, I, I can. Think, I think we got some good
0: ideas here. I can. There's no doubt. Very cool. So I do still have a little bit more depressing news for you. Oh, we're 33 days, one hour, 48 minutes and 20 seconds away from the end of spring turkey season in Alabama.
1: That is pretty deadgum depressing, but on a positive note, Tennessee, we're going to be opening up in two days and 11 hours and 58 minutes, and I can't wait. But it's going to be harder this year, I think. Cause i have got a lot less turkeys located than i had last year uh, i think it might be because there's less turkeys <laughs> yeah to to be located but, yeah and it's really early this springs way earlier they're just not last year they were just absolutely ripping it open a day and and right now they're on really, really perfectly nice days, they're gobbling a little bit on the roost and flying down, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so that, and I think that's normal for these dates. Whereas last year was the anomaly.
0: Yeah, yeah, there, it, it it is early, and for most of the country, I think. Now, I think here in central Alabama, I think it may be a little early, if not just dead on, where it should be. Not dead on with last year, but dead on with where it should be this time of year,
3: yeah,
0: which you know again, we're as this is not just my opinion, this is the opinion of people who are a lot more knowledgeable about the science of all of this than me, but we're still just starting too early, so and I know I don't have to start, I don't have to start on opening day in Alabama. I can start the last two weeks of season if I want.
3: Mm-hmm
0: but everybody else is doing it.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm not going to miss out while everybody else is doing it, honestly, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, you are moving back further in the future, but yeah, uh, a little bit. I will say I saw an interesting post the other day of a nest. Let me pull this up real quick. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I sent it to you, but it was a, in Alabama, Mossy Oak Biologic posted it and it was a turkey nest in North Alabama, that was already on the ground March 23rd with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve eggs in it. So that's kind of interesting.
0: Do you think there's a chance that could be fake news? Yeah, definitely could be. I- I'm just asking. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm just asking. Because... Yeah, no, I
1: mean, absolutely. I don't believe everything I see, but this is a pretty big account. I mean, it's mossy oak. So, but who knows? I will say the picture. Has a lot of greenery in it, and hmm. March twenty-third around here, I wasn't seeing much greenery.
0: <laughs> well, and you've been in North Alabama.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. We'll For see. But, I mean, they they posted. That. I thought that was interesting. And, I mean, things happen, you know. Like I, I could definitely see that being an anomaly of a hen came in, you know, earlier than anticipated and got bred and laid a nest, you know, but. That doesn't mean all of them are sitting on the nest.
0: Well, so you have to work backwards on that too, though. So 12 eggs, 12 days. Mm -hmm. So if she was laying one a day and the last one was laid on the 23rd of March, then that would put you at March 11 that she started laying. Yep. And so it's... They estimated a
1: mid-February breeding.
0: Yeah, I was going to say two weeks. um, Isn't that right? Is it two weeks from the time that they're bred? Until they lay the first egg,
1: that sounds correct.
0: So that would be March, you know, end of February.
1: Yeah, I don't. You know, it's, hey, it's I'm,
3: not I'm
0: just, out of the realm of possibility. I'm just but, saying
1: I thought it was interesting because yeah, and I'm not saying it's fully accurate or totally truthful, but I can't say it's not. So
0: right, exactly, and you know, the thing that I'm comparing it to is Brett Collier and Mike Chamberlain, who have people following literal hens with radio collars on them gps units on them and they're showing no signs of nesting
1: oh none yeah in georgia they had zero nests hit the ground out of like 90 hens i think zero so that's what i'm saying i I think that was assuming it's truthful an anomaly that is the outlier whereas the normal is what we're talking about but i just thought it was interesting thought i'd bring it up
0: yeah, and two, you got to think. Okay, if that, if those eggs, if this, if it's legit, those eggs hatch. They'll be hatching end of April during and, season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I have seen poults during season.
1: Yeah, I I think it's possible that maybe you get a spell of weather that's just perfect, and something happens. You know, hey, it happens to the best of us. You know, little, an accident happens, and one hen had to go lay the nest early. So so that that just you know who knows
0: well i hope it is legit and i hope that there's 12 baby turkeys coming from that nest and every single one of them makes it
1: it would be interesting to see how if they lay that early like i i would think the survivability of an earlier nest would be a lot higher
0: well except you get these cold rains
1: yeah and and
0: that doesn't bode well
1: and Alabama turkey hunters—I mean, they probably just level all twelve poles. You know.
0: <laughs> but you know, every single one of them obeys the law. So really, it would take two and a half hunters to legally kill all twelve of those poles.
1: Yeah. yeah, no. The—I think Alabama may have some of the most rogue hunters on earth, but that's just a personal opinion.
0: But mm, you make me drive up to Tennessee tonight and whoop you. Oh, come on with it, boy! We're, I'm, we're I'm gonna all come legit. down to
1: Alabama because I, you know, there's so many turkeys down there. It'd be more fun to be down there anyway. We're all
0: legit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. All cool. that aside,
1: I think we got us a cool interview today to share with everybody.
0: We do. We have a budding author on the show with us, and that is Hunter Ferrier. And he is the founder of Spring Legion and the host of the Spring Legion podcast. And so interesting. I'm not going to tell a whole lot about this because we dig into this pretty well with him about, you know, where the idea for the book came from and what possesses someone to write a book about turkey hunting. and Especially someone who is as young as Hunter is. Yeah. Yeah, so, I,
1: I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's a great sure. book, and you know we talk about it a lot in this interview, and really appreciate Hunter taking time to come on here with us, join a different podcast for a show, and I enjoyed talking to him.
0: Yeah, what do you say we jump in and roll with it?
1: Let's roll with it. We'll see you guys on the other side and enjoy this one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode. We have on the phone with us this evening a guy who just wrote an incredible turkey book. And a Mississippi resident that has gotten to chase him for a week now. And that would be Hunter Ferrier with Spring Legion. And so, Hunter, what are you up to these days?
2: Hey, buddy. I uh, appreciate y'all having me on. Right now, we are just kicking things off down here in Mississippi. Uh, kind of chasing some stubborn birds here lately. Actually preparing to make our first trip down to Florida in the next few days. So that's uh, that's been on our mind here lately. And really yeah. looking forward to that.
3: Have you
1: been
2: to Florida before? not not all right. It's are you under time. all right that'll be pretty cool man
0: yes indeed
2: yeah i'm looking forward to
0: it yeah what part of florida are you headed to
2: really all i know is it's around it's south of gainesville and that's about as much information as i've been given okay <laughs> going south of gainesville right. driving tonight and, and hunting the, the following morning but yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to it. that's always been kind of on my bucket list pretty high is just honestly hunting down in florida rather than not we even kill one i just want to i've always wanted to hunt you know with the palmettos and, and the ever, everglades and all that and i just i mean, if i hear not feel a gobble i'm i'm content i feel like but then we'll have a few days at them so hopefully we make something happen yeah, yeah. It, it's a
1: different world down there it's terrain like nothing else on this planet it's pretty pretty cool i love my couple of days i got to spend down there
0: absolutely yeah you'll have a good time i enjoyed it down there as well that's one of my favorite places to go well,
2: i'm definitely looking forward to it it's, I, was, I had a hard time sleeping last night just kind of getting everything ready and everything's been ready for like three days so <laughs> there's not much
3: left. Nice. yeah
0: yeah
2: so
1: you wrote a book recently called ballad of mm-hmm. a turkey hunter and mm-hmm. what prompted you to want to write a book because how, how old are you yeah. yeah i thought we were about the so i'm 26 so we're about the same age and i thought that was pretty cool because i haven't you know i collect a lot of turkey books and i I don't know that i have any by anybody that just wrote one that's like our age you know i, I was like man this is cool to get a kind of a young person's idea on the sport when you know most of these books i'm reading are people that are kind of in their late years of turkey hunting recounting their lives kind of deal uh, i thought it was right. pretty neat and, and one of the best written turkey books i've read and that's not just because you're on the show i'll tell anybody that it it was fantastic well
2: i definitely appreciate that but no the driver behind it was just kind of exactly that that there there hadn't really been any anybody uh just you know in the younger years that that i know of that has written one and i hold I, i do I'm not as as big of a collector as you and and some of the other folks I talked to are, but I enjoy turkey hunting literature and and always have since I was a kid. I've had a few people tell me that I needed to uh, think about it before and I never really gave it much thought. And I I kind of presumed, kind of like you said, you can't write a book until you're at least 50 or something. You um, You gotta be like retired to write a book, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was like part of the rules or something. But no, what happened was I ended up, I wanted to, it, it's kind of the kind of the mock of the High Spring Legion as well, is, is trying to preserve or just kind of reignite, I guess you'd say, the kind of the, the old school, the, the traditions, inheritance, and, and authenticity of turkey hunting, as I kind of knew it to be, kind of reignite that with a younger generation, whether it be our age or. Honestly, even, even younger, the college college years or so. Yeah. And I think, um, really, I mean, it was kind of a on a whim deal. Uh, I ended up, I got that as a, as a positive for COVID on Christmas Eve. And that was kind of, we were, I just kind of got everything in line for uh, the upcoming spring with Spring Legion and, and got, you know, all the upcoming orders underway and worked out all the, you know, the numbers and everything. So I, I kind of had a little bit of a spare time and was really just planning on reading a few books during that, that two weeks but then i kind of got a while here decided to give it a shot and try to write one and wanted to uh get it written by the end of quarantine that was kind of my goal and then i wish i would probably give it a month instead of two weeks looking back a lot of sleepless nights kind of occurred during that two weeks and so yeah I gave it a shot just got it on everything i could think of as far as you know turkey was concerned and, and kind of strategically you know put the chapters here and there kind of geared towards a younger generation, but would also appeal to an older generation. It's not as much of a how to or stories or, Anything like that, it's just a combination of everything that you know. I, I wanted to touch as many subjects as I could, and and just kind of get my put my mind on paper, if that makes any sense. But I know it's, it's not just my mind; it's it's the turkey hunter mindset, if that makes any sense. So I'm just kind of explaining that the obsession and the the, the overwhelming, you know, my consumption that's freaking hold on people that that love turkey hunting like we do. You know, a lot of people ask me about that, and and it would really take a book. It would take a book to explain to. To most people, I feel like it's just so much that goes into it. i um, mm-hmm. just trying to, describe, and I, I got going on it, and then I did end up finished it by the end of that two weeks, and then, then the self-editing phase came along, and that was a lot more of a process than writing it, like, by a long stretch. That I really yeah. underestimated that. So that took a little while, and then then I had to figure out how to get it, you know, published, and I wanted to self-publish it and, and make sure we didn't, you know, give too many, top, you know, rights away to, to like, places like amazon and stuff like that and, and i do a lot of research on that you and, and i wanted it to be a paper book you know a physical you know holding your hand book I, I don't want the world to get away from that i don't want to, everything to turn to e-commerce e-everything i wanted yeah. to kind of kind of hold on to that that tradition of just putting a book in people's hands and, and it, yeah. it, it really has you know it's been overwhelming the support i've got behind it so i really appreciate anybody that has uh, kind of gotten behind it here lately
1: yeah well if somebody hasn't gotten their copy yet and i strongly suggest if you like turkey hunting literature it's worth the money and it's you know not extraordinarily expensive or anything but how how could what's the best way for somebody to order a copy i messaged you personally on instagram and wanted a signed copy so i guess that's Mm -hmm. an option. but what are what are some other options for folks
2: you can uh, you can get it um on amazon it's like the the print on demand. It's uh, it'll be the cheapest version you can find. They the, you order it, they print it, and ship it to you. And then we've got some a little bit of higher quality paperbacks on our website at springlegion.com. It's, uh, we've got a tab in our on our home menu, our main menu, uh, ballot of turkey Owners. up there. You can click it and find your way to buy it. And then uh, I think on our homepage too, there's a, there's a couple of buttons you can click to just kind of add the card immediately. And all the ones that are on our website, as of now, uh, are signed uh, are signed copies. So. Very cool.
0: You wrote a book in two weeks.
1: <laughs> a really, really good book. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't even read like a magazine in two weeks. <laughs> I'm pretty
3: impressed. You
2: know, it was a lot of effort that went into it. And, and I don't know if I would have made the goal of the two weeks. If so I would have finished it in two weeks, but, but having that in the back of my mind, I was pretty determined to make it happen. And um then I feel like I slept for like three days straight as soon as that was <laughs> over from just trying to catch back up with everything. It was a process, but I enjoyed it. I enjoy all processes. I feel like sometimes more than the actual final kind of product, just figuring out everything and, and not knowing how to format it. You know, I, I've typed like papers before in school, but you know, I don't know what size a, a book page is or what the margins are or what the spacing is and, and how all that works. And, I couldn't. I mean, it took me like a week to figure out how to put the numbers on the bottom of the pages. (laughs) Just stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and and I'm telling you, it's a great book. That
1: that chapter with the two coffee cups or whatever. That one was pretty (laughs) pretty classic. I was I was cracking up on that one. It's a good story.
2: (laughs) That seems to be everybody's favorite. The one that's like it's got turkey hunting is like like a secondary aspect of that whole chapter, but it but it definitely that was definitely one of the more memorable hunts i've probably ever had i hope i don't have anything close to that ever again but <laughs> more, i've got a lot of feedback on that one a lot of people that you know could relate in a way or, or just you know like you said just was cracking up the whole time but that was one of those situations that i hope that's the only one like that
1: <laughs> yeah well that, that was a good one and Seriously, everybody go, go grab a book or, or get some Spring Legion apparel. Off, it's springlegion.com, right? Correct. And then you also, you do a podcast, and mm-hmm. so go check that out, you know, if you want to yeah. go hear some more from Hunter, and he's he's got some good podcasts. I've listened to some of them myself, and there's they're some good stuff, so go check that out. But before we get further into it, I think we'd like to play a little game with you, if Andy could be the questionnaire we do something called rapid fire q a with our listeners and i uh-huh. like to kind of get to know you as a turkey hunter in a rapid pace, if, rapid Andy, pace uh-huh. if, if andy's willing to read off the question
0: so anyone who can write a book in two weeks sets that goal and actually accomplishes that i know is going to be going for the record uh-huh. all right so what we're going to do i've got 30 questions here about Really kind of your preferences on some things, not much to do with, you know, high math or science or quantum physics or anything like that. But just 30 questions, I'll run through and ask them as quickly as I can. I'll put the timer, if I can get the app pulled up on my phone here, I'll put the timer to you when I start the first question. And the time that you are trying to beat is a fast Talking Yankee Tony Caggiano. Now, All right. if you believe Ron Jolly, <laughs>
1: he may have won it
0: honestly. He says he has the time to beat. And I'm not saying Ron Jolly <laughs> is a liar by any means. So uh, the time is two minutes and 34.28 seconds for you to beat. And whenever you're ready, I'm going to start start the with the first question all
2: right let's
0: let's go wild turkey grilled baked or fried Fried. wild turkey on the rocks neat with cola or with water coke number of grand slams zero have you ever killed a bearded hen nope have you ever killed a jake one a 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old
2: uh two-year-old
0: favorite camo pattern my wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog Dinner. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Way less. The state you killed your first turkey in? Mississippi. The state you killed your last turkey in? Mississippi. Sitting in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger, or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Osceola's? Uh, we're going to skip. default. <laughs> all right, we're going we're to skip those three. All right? all right. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods all day. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Beads. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots?
2: Across grains.
0: Favorite place you've ever hunted?
2: Uh, not to be.
0: Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season?
2: Uh, uh, I don't
0: know. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season?
2: Zero. Do know
0: that one. Out of all the states you've <laughs> hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Mississippi. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? Yep. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are?
2: Mm, five
0: favorite turkey hunting book (laughs) who taught you how to turkey hunt
2: my dad and a bunch of unkilled gobblers.
0: think of the toughest turkey you've ever hunted did you ever kill him sure did do you prefer long sharp spurs or long thick beards men different the biggest mistake new turkey hunters make
2: uh not finding value in failure
0: how long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit
2: every
0: day and one more all right i have two minutes and 49.65 seconds that is pretty strong now i did skip three questions yeah. and i was going to replace those yeah. with some high math but i decided against it because i couldn't think that quickly on my feet no i'll tell I'll you that's pretty strong man so i like doing that it gives us a good idea you know kind of oh yeah in three or four minutes tells us a little bit about the the guest we have on the show and it's just a lot of fun oh, to yeah but so thanks for playing along with that
1: i mean i could I, enjoy that. I could tell from the book and then those answers you know you're wearing the lacrosse grange you got the bead sight <laughs> you're just an old soul man old school yeah. i like it that's where i am too <laughs>
2: gotta be i don't know it's just turkey
3: hunting
1: <laughs> yeah so with the bead sight because these days i mean everybody i know is like you don't have a red dot on your gun i mean it's like i'm committing a sin with a bead sight why do you like a bead and i'll tell you why i like a bead I, i've
2: always shot a bead and i have never i have like i've looked through the uh the red dots or for holographic um sites and stuff and i it's just I don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it kinda of deal. Um, I like being able to see that's just one more thing I would I would think would get in the way. I don't know. What the thing was a battery, what it can you can't see through it. Uh, I mean I shot a gun for I don't know how long it didn't have to be actually kind of barrel. So that was kinda of, i'm not thinking of 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 hunting and shooting um but i got a lot of friends that do have i think i know at least one of my brothers they use a red dot and and they love it they grew up kind of using one so it's just what he's more comfortable with i guess and i'm just a little more comfortable with the bead i guess
1: yeah well i just grew up you know squirrel and duck and hunting all kind of stuff that moved. And so I got used to shooting bead sight and moving, hit, hitting moving targets. And I can't mm. tell you how many turkeys I've had to shoot that, you know, spotted me when I made that last move and I got to shoot them running. And when I, oh, yeah, I went to that red dot for a season. And I mean, you're aiming like you're shooting at a deer, you know, I mean, you, you're aiming and, I just didn't feel natural with it so that's why I went back to the bead and I, I still miss you know like everybody but it's less frequent than I did with the red dot I, I don't aim as hard I just naturally shoot the target which I'm used to doing so and
2: that, I I'm I kind of I know what you're talking about um yeah a lot of times I'm, when I'm- you know, kind of throwing up the gun. It's you know, he's then wound up coming around to my left or something, and then wait until he's got at least two steps to clear on either side, and you just lift that gun up as quick as you can, knowing he's going to see. You. and he's got one second to tuck his wings and one to turn around, and yep. you got two seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you better make it count.
2: But yeah, that, right. you're the first person we've had, and I don't know how long
1: that said a bead side. Everybody else is you know holographic and stuff, and. <laughs> There's a place for it. I think it's just a matter of how you grew up, but bead site seems to me best. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm just glad to hear Cameron say he shoots at running targets. I don't ever do that. Yeah, right. All mine are one and done. One shot and down.
1: Right. Right. (laughs)
0: I'm weird.
1: Yeah. Mine are usually the first shot he's already running because they hardly ever come up where they're supposed to, so, you know. Oh, yeah. But anyway.
3: Well, Another me.
1: thing in your book, one of my, the more interesting chapters I thought was kind of on woodsmanship. And mm-hmm. I think you, I think the title of the chapter was crows or snitches or something like that. <laughs> Mentioned. And, man, that's so true, and people don't realize that. I know Preston Pittman's been on the show and kind of said the same thing, but would you expand on the statement that crows are snitches?
2: Oh, yeah. That's um, that's kind of a product of, of growing up in the woods, I guess, and just kind of – that's how I was spend my spring breaks as a kid, was kind of going out, you know, kind of behind the house and, and just wherever my friends' houses and, and going out and sitting in the woods and, and just, just trying to learn different things about – you know, just avoid the themselves and, and um kind of what I was alluding to, the crows or snitches, I've always found that's the first thing that comes to mind just when it comes to like reading nature, um, which is a, I think is a crucial step in, in turkey hunting and, and really anything outdoors, is being able to read what's around you and, and kind of develop that that mindset I guess you'd say, just the the observance with nature and and um there's a there's, there's a lot in that, that chapter you're talking about um when it comes to what's going on around you and what does it mean and, and i guess all of them are really theories i can't prove any of them i'm not a biologist or a crow but from what i've from what i've kind of learned that um I've, I've been
3: uh i've been
2: turkey hunting deer hunting you know you name it and um and i'll kind of be sitting there and, and uh, a big murder of crows will get to cutting up over you know 80 yards or so in my my rider about two o'clock or so and and i'll just kind of be sitting there waiting it out and and then sure enough about 15 minutes later a deer or a turkey or you know something comes walking up from under that area and um mm-hmm. and so i started kind of you know paying more attention to that and, and thinking you know maybe the, this is kind of like an alarm system in the woods or something i mean you, it doesn't matter how quietly you're walking if you're walking through the woods and you walk walking a crow that joke is gonna let everybody know where you are <laughs> and uh and they're all going to get the cutting up. So it's one of those things that I think when you're in the woods, you just think you're hearing crows because they live there. But, but what are they? What, what's really happening? You know, what are they? why are they doing this? And why are they doing this in this area? And okay. that, I think it's really, you know, it's still for about 10 minutes longer if I've been calling and I not been hearing a gobble and all of a sudden they get to, you know, they get to the cutting up behind me, I'm going to start kind of, you know, cutting my eyes behind me just in case. And, and and I have had a gobble come up behind me 10 minutes after that, you know. Um okay. And I, you know, I, I try to look for little porch like that all the time, as much as I can.
1: And yeah, and I had that yesterday morning. I was hunting in Georgia, and at noon I was leaving, and I heard just these crows going crazy, dive bombing into these pines. I sat mm-hmm. there, kind of just standing there watching them, and I was like, "Man, I bet, I bet they're bombing a turkey," because I've seen them do that too before. And sure
3: mm-hmm. enough,
1: five minutes later, he gobbled right there under them, and I was like, "Yep, <laughs> there he is." So then I was tail handed to me, but that's another story. But anyway, and then you also said, you know, a squirrel in one of your stories can give them away. Oh yeah, barking on the tree, you know. And yeah. I thought that was cool. It's kind
3: of it's
2: kind of that same aspect, and that that one actually had a. a, 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 a A a specific story to go with it um kind of i was was with the youth one morning and it just sticks out of my mind because because we were kind of hunting uh on on one side of the road and and, and a turkey was on the other and and, um, i think i ended up going to you know the reasoning behind where where we were sitting later on in another chapter but but in in essence the the summary of that that story would be uh let's see yeah he, he hung up about i don't know maybe I'd say a few hundred yards, a hundred yards, maybe in front of us. And we kind of hit that silent period. And I was kind of, you know, kind of dueling that silence way him. And we went like 15 minutes or so. To get each day and, um, about that time I heard a, a squirrel just, you know, just chatter real, real hard. And, you know, I could hear, hear his, him hopping through the through the pine straw leaves and sticks and stuff back in the tree, and,
3: and it was kind of one of
2: those you got to take into your surroundings on before you kind of make a move like this, knowing that he very well could be moving and you don't know where he is. But I told I told the boy to turn around, and he turned around, and I turned around, and pretty much positioned myself between him and where he was aiming the gun. You know, two minutes before that, thinking, and if I'm wrong, I really just mess this up. But um, <laughs> but she, he was looking at me like, man. You better be right on this, because he didn't know why at the time. He had no idea. I just thought mm-hmm. he pointed, pointed the gun towards a squirrel that we just heard, and he's thinking, "Man, <laughs> are you serious?" Um, but no. About two minutes after, I was pretty sure he was settled down and kind of not about to, you know, start thinking we're joking around anymore. Um, I let out of, uh, just a few walking purges, you know, something like that, and, and that turkey hammered about 65 yards in front of his gun barrel. He looked back at me, you know, like what just happened yeah um, but i've I've kind of used that that's uh that's one of those things i remember i was paying attention to it uh, this past weekend i heard one um and ended up i turned around that way and i still never heard him gobble he could have been there he could have been back in front of me i don't know but i, I try to i try to always point my gun barrel in the direction of a bark or squirrel depending on the scenario yeah i think
1: that's good info
0: well i want to hear the story about the toughest turkey you ever hunted because it's got a happy ending to it and I like those kind of stories.
2: I hate that turkey. But I love the turkey. <laughs> uh, that turkey changed my mind a lot of things. Um I don't I don't remember the day that I ended up sitting down and figuring it out, but it was I, I ended up figuring I combined the morning and the midday and the afternoon hunt the time that I was
3: pretty confident
2: I was hunting this turkey and only this turkey and wound up hunting him eighty three times and he was eighty two in the morning by the end of
3: it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Um, but, uh, the specifics that kind of led me, uh, to, uh, to singling him out besides another turkey moving him was he had some characteristics that were pretty unique to only him. Um, one of them being, he had what I've often heard referred to as a top hat, um, or like that extensive head crown kind of folds over the side of the face or the front of the face. And I've only seen two or three, that's the only bird I've ever killed with one. Um, but I've only seen two or three pictures of them and it's it's people asking, you know, what is this? And I'm thinking, I really have no idea, um, uh, but but regardless, he had that, so any pictures or any time, you know, we laid eyes on him, whether it be me or my brothers or my dad, um, he, he he looked a little different than the other ones, um, and uh, the other characteristic was that uh, he was always running, and uh, I thought for a little while, because I was spooking the crap out of him, but then I saw him a couple times in deer season, he was still running, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what? What is going on here? It's
0: I would have named him Forrest Gump at that point. Oh, yeah. Because he, ran, he and uh, ran and ran <laughs> and
2: ran. I mean, I really, I can try really hard to think of a few times where he might have been just like kind of pecking around before he kind of just started picking up pace and then eventually running. But it was very few. Um, and, and a lot of that probably had to do with where he, where he lived, which was in a rattle patch. It used to be uh, some, pretty, some pretty habitable turkey boys three years before that and then either you know the the birds that were in there had been killed or had moved off um elsewhere and i don't really blame them because it was it was heck getting through them just trying to hunt him um, there's a few roads in there some some just crudded up pine trees that have been left around and 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 it, it, they just kind of left everything as is when they when they cut it and um turned into a big cut of a good deer spot. But not, I mean I don't care much about deer hunting, but um, my brothers do. They they killed a good bit of deer out there and it, it kind of it was mind-boggling that there was still turkey in there. I mean, it did not make sense at all. Um, there, I never saw a hen around there. I never saw anything, but this one. But this one bird, he he was pretty consistent. After I bumped him fifteen times, I feel like he was still, you know, this is his place and that's where he was going to be. And by the end of it, I think that was a uh, hundred in the latter half of the 2016 season. Um, I think, I, yeah, I was still, yeah, I was still living the start from Mississippi again. Came down and hunted him a couple of times. I hadn't, you know, quite gotten under my skin yet. I was like, that's,
0: that's a tough bird.
2: But, I mean, I know we we killed probably three or four out there over the past three or four years, and he was probably there for all of them. So, I don't blame him for being educated and being the last one of them. Um, but uh, but then I, I moved down to New Orleans and then realized there was no chance of finding a bird down there and moved back up, moved back up to, uh, to, uh, to Mississippi to, to hunt him again and and that's the only place i had to hunt and it's one of those that hunted him the first few weeks i missed him twice yeah i missed him twice on like opening weekend of that 2017 season ultimately got a new gun um superstitious reasons and the four small black pieces that i failed to put back in the gun when i took it apart while cleaning it uh, a Mm -hmm. few days before um I still don't know what ever happened to those, but I, I'll use it every night to shoot. It just been not get good. Um, they might not even been needed, but it, it, whether or not it's superstitious uh, reasoning, behind not using that gun at shooting turkeys anymore. Um, I uh, got it to go, and, and then I started changing up everything I could think of after going at him three or four times. And just every time I'd see him, he was running after that. He'd run across the road. He'd run down the road. He'd run at me. And then would run into the sinker. You know, I'm thinking, what in the world? Um, I think I almost used decoy one time, but uh, I ended up not. And um, let's see, went the whole 2017 season, back and forth, back and forth, pretty much every day with this bird. And, and I know he knew I was on you. I mean, he 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 accepted it. You know, he he expected it. And um, I sat there May first, and I I ended up, and I I'll let this part out of the book, but um, but I ended up sitting down. I got in about. Four o'clock, and I was like, I'm just gonna sit on his roost tree. And I, as low as it, it's come down to, I'm gonna sit here. And if he, if he comes and flies around these roost trees, I'm just gonna shoot him, just steal on him. And I ended up seeing him, but I couldn't shoot him. Um, he, <laughs> I heard his push, run through the leaves, and I saw him for a little split second. And I almost put the gun on my shoulder, and I thought, nah, no, I, I, I can't do that. You know, yeah, he'll, be he'll, he'll be prepared. here. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I, I feel like I probably could have taken a shot, whether or not I hit him or not, I don't know. but but there was enough open area. I know if I, and, and I saw him coming, I could have put the gun up there and, and probably met him halfway, but I, mean, I watched him fly up. You know, he was that close. To, I was that close to the rooster. tree still, I just couldn't do it, you know, um, mm-hmm. was back there March 15th next year and pretty much, every day until uh april 28th of that following year it uh it kind of all came together um and it was just one on the divine mornings that I nothing nothing really different about the actual morning whether you know weather wise or, or setup wise i set up about where i usually would i feel like i sat on literally every tree left in that whole cutover a second um there wasn't many to sit on and
3: um nah yeah
2: and that was the probably the first time that i i sincerely didn't do anything at all i just i brought a wing in from another guy i shot somewhere else that year um i think my I apparently I, I hope that will sound different than the other wings apparently that one didn't sound like a turkey and i grabbed a uh, turkey foot shaped stick and felt like that might sound a little better than my hand and all i did was fly down and scratch around a little bit hoping to not necessarily persuade him that i was a hen over here or you know Jake, I tried Jake yelling at him. That didn't work. I was thinking maybe I could curate the curiosity, of not knowing where that was the end uh, a gobbler and maybe he just want to come see you uh, know yeah nothing else is. so uh he ended up he ended up jogging jogging to that edge of the road in front of me ran across it um he made it about six steps in there and
3: he, he kind of he
2: stopped for a second to look up and i saw his top hat you know over one of one of his eyes i knew that was him he he put his head back down and kind of me through a little i mean it's almost like a deer trail like a deer will build under stuff that's what he was doing i mean it's just so thick and he came up and and I, I think he got about 25 yards and stopped and looked around and i shot him i mean he was i'm obese sitting up the whole time thinking once i saw him that first time i'm thinking i'm not moving i'm not messing this up i'm gonna have to wait until he if he doesn't cross this hopefully he'll never know i exist and i won't even get to mark you know um but he's i at least knew that i had his attention enough he was he was headed there to check it out and uh I was not about to move, and I was not about to booger it up. We only had about three, I think, three more days left in the season. So, but luckily, he uh, he he crossed that path, and that split second long enough uh, to pull the trigger. And I feel like I, I almost caught him before he hit the ground. I was on my feet that fast. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was I was tearing through some briars to get there, and um, <laughs> grab, i didn't know what to do. You know, I. And honestly I'd skip the trip to Texas. my brothers and my dad went out to quan Texas to uh, to hunt some Rios that weekend and you know in my mind I'm thinking uh, maybe I'll get a little closer with this bird nothing else i don't I don't really expect to to go in here and kill him an well one day but hopefully if he does die between seasons he's got to be pretty old by now um it'd be in a, in a noble fashion but but luckily I was able to get him and I rolled him over and get the top hat hanging over one eye and the other eye was blind it was glazed over all hazy blue and. Hmm. I was sitting there thinking, man. First off, a handicapped bird has just driven me up the wall and caused me to make life-changing decisions. And <laughs> um, second, I, I the only conclusion I can come up with is that's why he kept running through everything. He couldn't see. He had to run till he found cover. And that's about as, as much sense as I can make of it. But that, or he was really that educated and, and knew exactly, you know, where I was, when I was there, and didn't trust nobody because that Joker was turkey keen could be blind one eye and I'd say 50-50 on the other one with that top man hanging over it.
3: Man. but uh but
2: so that changed my perspective on turkey hunting uh, altogether. just the appreciation I had that was the first I mean I was a three-year chapter of my life kind of ended that day you know I didn't I didn't go in there knowing that it would end. um that first you know a few minutes of standing there I, I mean that was the quietest his voice have ever seen to me you know I, I knew that he wasn't yeah. in there
3: um, yeah, and I wouldn't be
2: back tomorrow for the first time in, you know, three springs. That would be the first morning I feel like I did spend there. Um, so that was that was a pretty humbling moment. Just it's over with right now, but but uh, I, I still I haven't been back um, to that to that little plot of land, and we still got the turkey rights on in the field. But still, fix that yellow gate that I mentioned in the beginning of the chapter. But hopefully, it holds up because I don't know if I'd ever expect another turkey back in there. And if there is, they can have it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool blind in one eye i bet he had some stories he could have told if he if he could talk
2: i, I know it i mean just a, a ragged looking bird i'll tell you that he'd been through it whatever
1: it was did you, did you eat the legs on him were they tough Who i don't really remember
2: from um, running everywhere <laughs> i do know he was pretty he was a pretty uh lean bird home. Um, so, yeah he was cardio yeah, all that bird he was surprisingly, I was thinking maybe skin and bone type lean, but he was actually a pretty, he was a taller bird, if that makes any sense, um, a taller, longer bird, and um, ended up, I think we, we weighed him on chicken scale or something, and he was 17 and a half, 18 pounds, which is big for one that's running, The big for Mississippi, <laughs> period, but one that's running that much, I don't know if that scale was right, um, because he was a lean bird and um yeah. I, I rushed my book to House Austin's and, and I had to show him. Because he was the only person in town. My whole family was out of town and I was like I gotta tell somebody about it. So I ran over there and ended up meeting him and his dad and we skinned it real quick and then his dad had heard one that day before or that morning. We went ended up getting after that one for the rest of the day. But the yeah, April twenty eighth, that's a that's a big day in my book forever, I feel like. Um that'll always be a one of those birds. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I got his, I got his beard and spurs in a different Ziploc bag than the other
3: ones. It's
2: a uh, it's, it's separated for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he deserved it after that battle.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It it's always a bittersweet moment when you get when you finally do put a tag on a bird like that that you've that you've got a lot of history with and mm-hmm. it, it's I've I've killed one of them one of the two bad birds that i got a hold of and you know i killed that bird and i i could not have been more excited and then i started carrying him out of the woods and i was just walking out and looking around thinking tomorrow's gonna suck in (laughs) here you know it's it's not gonna be any good in here
2: it was it was a very reflective moment a little bit remorseful i feel like um but it was long time coming but i know exactly what you mean it was it was a it was an odd mix of feelings there
0: yeah that's awesome that was a great story i've never never heard anybody say that they hunted a turkey that all he did was run
2: yeah that's (laughs) pretty cool i didn't know that existed (laughs) maybe because he
1: couldn't see at one side he figured if he was always running nothing could catch him
2: yeah i guess i mean until he filled some briars against him he was like i'm not in a good spot i better get the hole until i feel
0: (laughs) me <laughs> that is t- that's the only thing I can
2: think of. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Spitty Gonzalez. Yeah. Worked
2: like he hung around a while. Yeah. He can barely, uh, fours and sixes too. That's what that opening
0: weekend. Yeah. Yeah. that's t- well, so. That's good.
2: How's
1: season going in Mississippi so far? I know we kind of chatted a little bit been- before, but it's been weird, hasn't it? Yep.
2: It's been a really weird first few days. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just from the people I've talked to as well, kind of confirming that. I didn't know if it was one of those. I, I've actually never I don't hear gobbling until I feel like April. Everybody can't get the birds out their layout gobbling at night at their camps, and you know they go and go and blind on public land and wind up, you know, hearing three. and I'm like, Jesus! But but as I've kind of talked to a good bit of people around here, and they they've also kind of confirmed things are a little odd this year gobbling wise. I think a lot of people are seeing turkeys, and, and I, I know a lot of people have killed turkeys already that work pretty normal. It's just, uh, the ground goblin is, is not there for some reason or another. And, I think a little bit might have to do with the first few days of weather. Me and my buddy Gary Stanton, we went after some a piece of public land that I'd never been to before, that he'd never been to before. He's from Tennessee, and um, we found, you know, we, we did a little, well, I, I got a little bit of scouting in right before uh, the week prior, just checking it out, and, um, and he wasn't able to get here until uh, Sunday night before opening day. And we both went out there, and, and we got on a bird, and he didn't he didn't gobble on the, on the limb at all. Didn't hear gobble on the limb that morning. But luckily, I was able to, to get in there where I knew he was. I knew he was in the area and was able to lay eyes on him that afternoon and hunker down until I saw him fly up and kind of knew the general area. I wouldn't say I had roosted him. I didn't know what tree he was on, but I had a good idea of the area he was and the area that the hen went to. Unfortunately, both of those areas were on private land. And this is, you know, this is at fly-up time, and I'm, I'm realizing this. And there's a corner, the corner of the public kind of touched, I feel like, Two yeah, two separate private? Yeah. It was at the uh kind of at, at a corner, where the corner, of, a right angle of the public lane, kind of touched two separate private pieces, and they were like roosted on both of those, and there was a sliver of a chance we could, we could get them up this hill onto the public. And um, we pretty, we got in there really early and, and, and ended up watching them fly down. Um, pretty much got positioned exactly where I wanted to, and uh, he flew down exactly where I expected him to, but the hens did not fly down exactly where I expected them to. So instead of being between them, we were on the back end of it, and that was an uphill battle literally and figuratively for, until the bottom fell out about 9.30, I feel like. So mm. that was a tough morning. And, um, through, yeah, we had no luck at just striking of a midday gobble that whole two days there. Yeah. I heard one on the, on the limb the, the, the following day. Um, I mean, one gobble on the limb, one gobble on the ground within five minutes of each other, and that was it. hit. It was it was you know it's pretty pretty good you know light by then. I heard the first gobble from him. It wasn't you know he didn't let many people know where he was. He gobbled one time, five minutes went by, he, said he was on the ground, and that was it. <laughs> not much, uh, not much hitting on there. And then um, let's see. Well, this past weekend was an eventful morning, but it was um, it was a a learning morning, I guess you could say. Past. Uh, Saturday, yes, yeah, Saturday. Me and my buddy Austin Seals, He's also the coach of the Spring Legion podcast with me. Mean, he helps out a whole lot with Spring Legion. He's a he's a big factor in why it's why it's around today. Honestly, we got after uh, some birds on this piece of the land that neither of us had been to, and uh, we went in completely blind, just kind of going off of going off the guy that was telling us about it. And uh, we looked down. We, we wanted to get to this corner, just kind of looking at creeks, looking at the onyx, and looking at the topo maps and stuff, and and kind of positioned ourselves to 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 make our way towards this corner of the property that we wanted to get to. And we made it almost there. And, um, I hadn't, I hadn't really looked at the map yet besides just directional, you know, walk down this lane until it comes to here and then we'll figure it out from there. Well, we got there and, and, um, I, let's see, I do, uh, Pick something on my vest or something. We had stopped for a little while and we were trying to, you know, pull it up. And, and we got there a good while before daylight, and we just wanted to get to a high point where we could hear gobbles and then make our way towards it. And um, without bumping any and, and talking to the the guys that uh, had just he'd actually just acquired the rights to it. He had only hunted I think once. He, he had told us, he, you know. Get in there early. You might walk under some, and that was all. That was automatically within my mind the whole time. So we crept in there as quietly as we could, and and we hunkered down in this little uh, little trench, looking either an old road or trench. Doesn't have much time to see where we were. I just wanted to get out of the any openness to uh to fiddle with our vest or whatever we were doing. And right before we kind of picked up to go back, uh, kind of pinpoint where, you know, we we're about to, you know, really go listen. I, I poured it up on my map, and I was sitting there telling us, said, Uh I mean, if I had to guess, you know, I think they'd be roosted right about here. And by that time, one hammers right over us. Mm. And, I mean, we have light out on on the vest. And like, and I'm thinking, good gosh. <laughs> we, uh, we we froze right there. Turned a the little flashlight off. Froze. <laughs> I had no idea. I, he might not have been able to see it. It probably under his tail fan was probably blocking it. So we froze <laughs> in the middle of the road. I'm telling you, man. It was, I mean, my heart went from, I don't know what a resting heart rate is, 75 to about 180 in about 30 seconds. And I'm, it was one of those that you almost want to convince yourself you did not hear that. But, oh, yeah, we did. He, he got it two more times right there. And we are stuck, frozen. He turned one way. He was holding something, and I'm turning the other way. My gun is about six yards in front of me, laid down, faced the other way. Um, it is loaded. Yes, it was loaded. We just loaded them set them down, was getting everything ready. And um, so we froze there, and about that time we started hearing hens flying around above us, which I, I don't even know what these woods look like. I don't know what's behind me. I have no idea. It's been dark this whole time, and I had not even thought about, you know, looking. I don't even think I pulled up the satellite mode yet. I just know this turkey's right above it. And um, so we're frozen there, I'd say 15 minutes, and these hens start pitching down. And they pitch down, I'd say, within 30 yards, uh, and, and which might have been in an open area the, the, the direction he was facing it was behind me but i could hear him purring and, and just clucking around i'm thinking they really don't see us <laughs> um we're, but it turns out we were actually pretty hidden if, if we just didn't move we slipped we, we our face mask on as soon as we heard it and just froze i'm frozen at like a half stride and every time he gobbled gobble i'd inch up he was blocking me from the hands and i'd inch up towards my gun and he, get, he had two more goggles after that one. And by the end, I was within. I'd say, one good lunge and arms reach of the gun. And <laughs> I just sat there, it seemed like probably six or seven minutes. And finally, as soon as I heard the first wing flap, I, you know, took that last one and grabbed the gun and had it, you know, went down to a knee and pointed it in the direction that, I had, you know, just guessed that he would land. I'm mean, going have 15 minutes to sit there and evaluate the land, kind of process of elimination. You can't land here, you can't land there. You're going to land over there. I had a good Guess of where he was going to land, and sure enough, he did. And I had the gun pointed at him. It was still pretty dark in the woods, and I I could not verify, but it, I almost just shot, which would be, you know, the the knee jerk reaction to there's wings flapping from the direction that he was. You know, this is going to be a gobbler, a mature gobbler, which, you, I mean, I weren't. Then when the moment of truth came, I wanted to verify that. And in reality, I had no idea at the time that that was a goblin that had flown down. If he was the only bird up there,
3: if it was not a jet
2: goblin, goblin, you know, I, 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 he would not turn one way or the other. He landed facing away, walking on the trees, then he was facing towards me. And both times, I could not see a beard on him, so I, I kind of opted out of shooting and then finding out when you know there's a dead hen up there, or dead Jake, or you know, yeah. it would have been great. If it was a dead long beard, but. I mean, that would really kind of, you know, oh, verify. Yeah. But it was pretty cool because one of the hands flew down, flew down his way. The rest flew behind me. One flew in front of me. And it was cool just kind of just taking the little notes of what she did because as odd as it sounds, they had no idea we were in the world. I think we had frozen in a perfect spot. Uh, we were in a, in a big dip in the, in the terrain. And we were we were stone cold frozen, but it was cool. I mean, I was counting her yelps. I was, you know, just my mind. You can tell was just, was going 90 to nothing on what is she doing, what is he doing? Just getting to see that up close, real, real occurring, real nature happening. Friend that, you know, they, they all flew down there. Not one putted, not one did anything the whole time so they all walked off. That was really cool. I mean, that was worth. I'd rather that all day. I'm glad I didn't shoot now. Just being able to see what they did and they were like, all right, four note yelps. You know, with uh, with a minute eighteen in between you know, just logging all this in my mind for <laughs> next time, Not somewhere. But there, does, I guess did like three, three, four note and, yeah, and that word You flew down. I'm
0: hit when you flew down. Um, so you guarantee that's what I'm gonna be doing next time. I go. Yeah, no doubt. Well, man, so that's that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. And the the good news is it's only gonna get better from here. So
2: yeah,
1: I think. You know my. The guy that kind of taught me everything uh, I know about turkey hunting, he, or one of the guys, I should say, he always said, you know, I'd be like, man, they're just not gobbling right now. I know they're there. They're not gobbling. He was always like, well, they're, that means they're breeding like crazy. Like, they're really peak breeding right now. I don't know if there's any truth to it. But that's what he always said.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've
2: kind of heard the same. And, and, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll see him strutting here and there. And it's just, and I, I, aside from that, I haven't heard any humans really or hearing anybody calling up humans yeah just doing this thing which is which is cool you but but then again usually I'm I'm it's a lot greener around here opening opening day I know usually around March 1st things are green enough I feel like we're where at that central or, or south Mississippi I work in south Mississippi a good bit and you can almost follow the line all the way up you know those those uh north south you know highways and interstates and where it's green and where it's not and kind of Especially between there and like Starville. Starville would always be uh, open woods and you go, I'd go hunt in South Mississippi or South Central Mississippi and it'd be, a, it'd be pretty green. You'd have to kind of adjust your hearing on distance and uh, gobble, but man, I could tell about probably these last few days, it's been, it looks like December out there. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah I, don't,
2: I, texted, I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not. I texted Mike Chamberlain
1: uh, and asked him you know could it have been that winter storm we had did that push him back you know I was, I was wondering if that was what did it and he said he didn't think that was it he he said in his area at least they had a really bad mast crop this year and said the hens mm-hmm. were in poorer conditions so they're gonna they nest later in that case now mm-hmm. i don't know you know around here i thought we had a pretty good mast crop i saw a lot of acorns but that's what he said i think that's south georgia is that where andy is that where mike is
0: yeah i think it's it's South Georgia, I think. Well, so he's a professor at the University of Georgia, and so that's in Athens. That's eastern Georgia. Yeah. But, well, mm-hmm. that was yeah. his
1: explanation, at least, for why it seemed like things were real late.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, I
1: believe
2: it. Well,
0: I think they're actually right on time here in central Alabama. I think that the problem is we're just hunting them too early.
1: Yeah. 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 Last year it was – it was a later spring, so they were just ripping it right from day one, I'd say. And so mm-hmm. we thought about that, but you know, in a normal year, this is kind of how it has been, you know, it's a little mm-hmm. quiet early and picks up and then it goes back quiet again and it picks up again. So, right. And yeah, I I, think I, I, I don't fun.
2: know the second quiet period first person, but I usually, I mean, I'll go listen around uh, late February even, and I'll hear something around, uh, you know, February twenty something, one'll gobble kinda of like what I heard on opening day, you know, maybe once on the on the limb, once on the ground, and you know, that was March fifteenth when is what I would usually be hearing. So, um, I hope that doesn't have too much effect with things being really full swing seasons everywhere. If it's I don't know if that's a nationwide deal or just the south, uh, with them being a little odd, which hopefully they're breeding still and not they uh, hopefully just not gobbling, they're still breeding
1: knocking it out like normal but yeah yep i hope so and uh, that's that's the thing a lot of states are going to these later openers and this year kind of confirms that in my mind that that might be a good idea <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah hope mm-hmm. you don't counter it <laughs> we open later and well very free later <laughs> yeah that's it. that's <laughs> what i'm going for take a week off the front
1: put it on the back i'm in you know
0: she. Yep. sure totally well good deal man well, Hunter, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was good getting to know you and picking your brain a little bit, and of course talking about my number one most favorite subject in the whole entire world. So that's been been a good time. And
1: yeah, heck yeah.
0: Uh, and seriously,
1: I, go get the book.
0: You know to this. I just ordered mine.
1: Good. I appreciate it. You so, won't you won't be upset about that one at all. You're you're gonna like what you read. I'm telling you the two coffee cups one you're gonna chuckle a little bit whenever you read that one when it all ties together at the end and why the chapters name that i was like uh-huh yeah
2: well, it, it, you got to read the whole thing to understand the, the title of the chapter i'll say
1: that
0: yeah that's a good one well good deal well, thank you hunter for coming on yeah i yeah, really we appreciate it Absolutely. and uh, i really appreciate it good luck to you the rest of this spring and stay safe and keep us informed let us know when you finally get that first tag field Hopefully it's in Florida. I hope so. I'm
2: looking forward to it regardless. But I appreciate y'all having me on, guys.
0: No problem, buddy. Have a great day. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Y'all too.
0: All right. Goodbye. All right. Well, there's Mr. Hunter Ferrier. And now I've got my copy of the book. It's sitting on my kitchen table. It is waiting for me to crack it open and start reading. And Cameron has finished his. He said it is well worth the money.
1: Definitely. I mean, it was... It's not a very expensive book to start with. And it's about, it's a good length. It's not particularly long, but it isn't, you know, terribly short. So you, you feel like you get your money's worth out of it. And it has some really good stories in there. And just overall, he's a good writer. And I, I enjoyed it, over, you know, especially some of the books that are written these days. I think people kind of are just trying to put some books out there because they know they can sell turkey books. Yeah. And they aren't very long and they're pretty terribly written, honestly, but this one's one of the good ones. Kind of like, you know, Ron Jolly's was definitely one of the good ones. And so is this one. So yeah, I think y'all will enjoy this book and there's nothing better than some real Cajun market sausage before you crack open your book. That's all (laughs) I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Yes, there is. (laughs) So yeah. Um, going to throw some on the grill over the weekend and get after it. But I'm thinking about cracking into that boudin again, that stuff. You still haven't eaten any of the boudin.
3: No, I don't even know how to eat
1: boudin. Like, I don't even understand what it is. Like, do you eat it like a
0: sausage? You can. You can eat the casing on it. Now, most people don't eat the casing on boudin.
1: What is it?
0: The main ingredient in boudin is the liver of the hog uh, so it has a different texture to it
1: it has rice in it right
0: yes it has rice in it and it has all kinds of good flavoring in it as well
1: well i'm gonna have to crack that open so i think colin when he was on the show he said he just puts it on crackers right yeah oh, heck. all right if that's what the main man the chef himself the head honcho is doing that sounds like the way to eat it to me
0: yeah, it's it's good. Like I said, he says you can eat the casing. I did not eat the casing on it. It's I don't know, it's a, a different casing, so it's a little bit thicker, mm. but it's not going to hurt you if you eat it. I think you'll just find it's a little bit chewier than the casings that his sausages are in.
1: Yeah, interesting. Well, cool. You, you guys go pick up some boudin from Cullen Lord with Real Cajun Market. You can contact his wife to order as much boudin as you possibly want and have it put right on your
0: door. Can't and mean. all the other good flavors that they have. I mean, you, if you've got folks coming over to the house for Easter.
1: Oh, my gosh, yeah. you got andouille. you got that bacon and bac- yeah. brown sugar, yeah. rosemary, garlic, pineapple, and jalapeno. I mean, well, and those are yep. all sausages.
0: Pineapple and pepper jack.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Pineapple and pepperjack. Yeah. And I Cheddar think he said and for,
0: jalapeno. when he
1: was on the when he was on the show he said they had crab cakes too, didn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: So y'all can go get you some of that. Get you a big box. You won't regret it. It's grilling season, although it's about to be twenty degrees here. <laughs> about to be grilling, smoking, outdoor season. These are easy to throw on the grill and are sure to please everybody.
0: And you can do what Cameron did if you're going on a camping slash hunting trip.
1: Oh, you can't beat it. Yeah, hot meal. Just it doesn't even have to be hot. Actually, you can eat cold. It's already cooked. Like easiest thing ever. Chunk it in your cooler, and you got meat to eat with ease. Because I just can't. I can't live on peanut butter and jellies for three days. I gotta have some kind of meat in me.
0: Yeah, and you know that's gotten easier with the prepared meats that you can get. At the grocery store that are already cooked, but I'm gonna promise you, they're not this quality. They're not this quality, and you can throw these in the cooler. All you got to do is keep them cold. Pop one or two of them out. That's your meat for dinner, and you're good to go, man. I mean, it it just doesn't get any easier than that, nor any better. It's like you said, you're eating like a king in the middle of the woods. That's hard to beat. So. For you guys who want to order some, call Ann Lord. The number is 678-471-1150. And do me and Cameron a huge favor. Mention to Ann that you heard about them on the Turkey Hunter podcast.
1: Absolutely. Y'all definitely go do that. Please mention us because that's how we're bringing it to you for
0: free these days. Yes, indeed. What do you think? You want to stick a fork in it? Speaking of food?
1: Yeah, let's please, because I've got some venison steak bites that are calling my name out right now, son. All right.
0: And once again, that is our favor of the week. But I'm going to ask for one additional favor from everybody listening. It's very quick, very easy. If, no, no if, when you kill a turkey this year, please, please register that turkey using the registry system that your state has in place. Yeah. That's it. That's the favor of the week.
1: Absolutely. That, to reiterate that, because Andy's from Alabama, you know, the greatest turkey state on earth that I just experienced. <laughs> Y'all had, what, 9,000 turkeys registered last year?
0: Last year was a record year. I think they registered 20 or 22,000.
1: That's still way too low. So uh, I'm just saying, it's any state. Register the bird. It's like, just register it. They need the, that information needs to be hacked. there's there's nothing further to say it needs to just happen it's the right thing to do it's required register your birds
0: no doubt all right wrap it up wrap this up then thank you guys so much for tuning in this week we know that you have choices we appreciate you spending your time with us we hope you have a wonderful week and a safe one as well if you're in the woods we look forward to seeing you again next week goodbye goodbye thanks for tuning in